the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 14 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett and I'm joined as always by independent wrestling veteran, the Kingpin. Brian Malonis, hello. Hello, Michael. I'm just uh, getting my ass kicked this whole week by allergies. Allergens in the atmosphere. Just doing a number on the old kingpin. Oh my god, I have so much sympathy for you. Anyway, coming up on the wrestling podcast about nothing, we've got Merv. (laughs) You're pure garbage. (laughs) We, We have got Merv Griffin time where we get your thoughts and answer your questions. We'll address the voicemail controversy or the voicemail contest, and a lot more. Plus, one more evil laugh will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But Brian, everything I'm reading online is we got to get right into it. we got to get right to the heart of the matter, the topic at hand. So we discuss a different topic every week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. And the results are as follows. The winning topic, Brian... It's been up there a couple times. It finally won out. It was a three-way tie up to the very end. We almost had to do my impressions game, which uh, could have been could have been another one of those lost episodes, Brian. Yeah, why do you get to create a new game and, and we never got to actually do mine? Well, we did yours. You, you forgot. Well, I mean, officially we never did your game, but uh, unofficially we did, and it, it just didn't... Uh, 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 so if we record yours and I intentionally tank it and make it bad, then what? we don't have to ever do it again? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what happened, Brian. That's not what happened. Precisely what happened. Well, uh, you don't have to worry about that because the impressions game did not win. The winning topic was, Brian, your first day training... To be a professional wrestler. Okay. There were a couple of ECW topics, too, uh, basically uh, going off of our episode Monday on the NAI Network. Go check out the NAI Network episode from this past Monday if you want to hear our thoughts on extreme championship wrestling. But uh, no more ECW on the BDA bonus episode. Yeah, thank God those didn't win. I wouldn't have had much to say on those. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, hopefully you'll have plenty to say, Brian, when it comes to how you got started in the professional wrestling business. Okay, uh, Brian, it starts out you were a friends with a wrestler, right? Yeah, so my buddy Clean, uh, he was a year ahead of me in high school, and I, I met him through a mutual friend. Um, obviously, the common bond being we all liked wrestling. Um, and then when we were, oh, I want to say he was a junior and I was a sophomore, or maybe I was a freshman and he was a sophomore. 
he he signed up for uh, Kowalski's. He actually, it's funny, he started before like Aaron Stevens did. Uh, I remember meeting, uh, I used to go with him to Kowalski's. I remember meeting Aaron Stevens on his very first day. Aaron Stevens being Damian Sandow, Aaron Rex. I remember meeting him on his very first day of training. And this was at Killer Kowalski's Wrestling yes. School in Malden, Massachusetts. Right. So I was I was only in high school at the time, and my parents weren't going to pony up the money for me to you know go to pro wrestling school. And I was playing sports at the time, high school sports, high school football. Um, you were going to be a baseball player. Yes, I was going to be a I was going to be an all star baseball player, Mike. We talked about this on Monday. Yes. Yeah. First, I was going to be the first baseman for the Boston Red Sox, but uh, <laughs> turns out uh, you know that didn't work out so well. But once I got out of high school, um, my my buddy had started and stopped a few times. So I was out of high school for like a year. And he had decided to go back. And he had looked up. He was going to go back to, to Walter School. Um, but he had come across something um, that Chaotic had opened a school. And Mike Hollow had become the trainer. So he was going to go where Mike went. Uh, so we actually went to the first meeting at the CTC. They had like a... Just like a, I don't know if it was like an open house or... I bl- yeah, I remember seeing um, some propaganda. I don't know if it's propaganda is the right word, but some like, like a flyer uh, around for the yeah the open house, I believe, at the site of the school before it even opened. Right. And so you were there. I, yeah, I was I was there. And, and at this uh, meeting was Christopher Nowinski, um, who had just lost Tough Enough like not too long before that. I, I don't know if it was days or weeks. I'd, I'd have to look up the actual date of like the Tough Enough One finale, but he was there. So it's funny, and then we actually talked about a little, a little bit with Todd Sinclair um, that he Ooh. started <laughs> Fat Pants. Todd Sinclair, oh, okay. Honor Senior Official. Come oh, on. yes, that guy. Um, and I had kind of forgotten this until he said it that I sat with him because uh, I watched. I, this was in like September. This was, I think, Jesus, I, I think it was pre nine eleven. And I, I sat and watched for a couple months because I needed to get the money. Now, mind you, I had no business signing up for pro wrestling school. I was 19 years old. Right. I had no job. Uh, I was living with um, my girlfriend, uh, who ultimately became my wife. Uh, I was living with her and her parents. Again, I, I must reiterate, unemployed. Yes. Smoking probably a pack of cigarettes a day. Uh, <laughs> and teetering uh on the verge of being 500 pounds and obviously in no physical i couldn't wa- i couldn't walk up the stairs i had no business signing up for professional wrestling school but alas uh i did so you've um said in the past i don't know if it's been on this podcast actually that you when you started you kind of had maybe a little bit of an attitude problem was this part of it that you thought you know i could i can do this um better than these guys i don't think it was I, I thought i was better than them it was just the mindset of well i'm gonna go to pro wrestling school i'm gonna get signed by wwe and that's gonna be the end of it and not realizing all of the work that really goes into it um just not having an understanding even though i had kind of been around it with clean and i'd seen training classes and you know, I, I just, for whatever reason, didn't pick up on how much hard work it really was to to go about being a, a professional wrestler. Um, and the funny thing is I sat around and watched classes, you know, for two months before signing up at the Chaotic Training Center, and I still didn't. Um, it, it's funny. I was just, a, I was a very different 
point in my life and my um i i mean to say i didn't like who i was not to get too deep on everybody here but to say that i didn't like who i was as a person at that point in time would be a just a vast understatement oh yeah um i i don't i don't know why um steph stayed with me through that time period i was a jerk i was lazy um you know i didn't have any work ethic i i didn't you know i was just you know, it was just, I was existing. I wasn't living, you know, and I was just a piece of garbage. <laughs> I mean, to put it, okay. put it bluntly, I was, I was a piece of garbage at 19. I think a lot of people probably are, but I didn't take accountability for anything. Stuff was always somebody else's fault. And I don't know where I ever developed that because my dad was a, was a hardworking guy until he became disabled. Um, and then I still watched him do whatever it took to get food on the table and clothes on our back growing up. So I, I literally have no idea where I kind of developed those habits from. Uh, I just, I, I really don't know. Right. But yeah, so I was, I, I came into this completely just with the wrong mindset, the wrong attitude and the wrong physical condition. I was set up to be a, a complete and utter failure who f- should have flamed out you know, two weeks in and never, and never showed back up. So uh, to go back on something that you talked about like 10 minutes ago at this point, uh, the end of Tough Enough Phone was September 27th, 2001. So yeah, okay. right around nine, right after 9-11. Yeah. So yeah, it was, so maybe it was like the beginning of October that, uh, that meeting was, but it was, it was right around the time that he had lost. So that's kind of the time frame there. But yeah, so as you you so rudely interrupted me now. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, Mike. I'm playing injured. I, I my voice is probably going to crap out on us halfway through this episode, and you're you're interrupting me and being your normal jerk self. Wow. I'm opening I'm opening up to the uh, exposing myself to the world, uh, yes. to our audience, to you, and this is the treatment you give me in return. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, you heard uh, Bruce Pritchard do three hours last week. He was under the weather. Is he taking his gimmick now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wish. Can we take his listeners too? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Go ahead, big guy. <laughs> I don't know where I was now. Oh, oh sitting and watching and not uh, not comprehending that I wouldn't be able to do this. Um, so finally, I said I I I got a loan from um, my buddy's mom. And uh, I went and I paid one lump sum and I signed wow. up. Uh, I believe it was Jamie who signed me up. It was the day before my 20th birthday. So here I was, Mike, the day before my 20th birthday, uh, signing up for pro wrestling school to try and start fulfilling my destiny as a, as a pro wrestler. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Happy birthday indeed. So the first person I got in the ring with, um, there was two retri- rings at the Chaotic Training Center for people who haven't been there. The Chaotic Training Center, you kind of walk in and there's like a lobby area and like a nice lounge area and upstairs there's an office. Uh, then you kind of go into this big warehouse looking room and it has two rings. Uh, the one on the right has kind of always, I guess, been reserved for like advanced type students. And the one on the left always was kind of like the beginner's ring. So... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, sh- I, sh- I should mention that Jerry Bowser um, was originally <laughs> in charge of the beginners, and I'm sure probably nobody listening to this even knows who Jerry Bowser is, but Jerry Bowser wrestled as the Boston Brawler. Very, very intense dude. Just, I mean, I watched him like at Kowalski's ready to fight Wagner Brown because he screwed up a dropkick spot. Like I, me- I remember this vividly. I was like 17 years old, 16 years old, and I remember seeing him lose his mind. And then I remember seeing him just uh, in the time I was watching classes, just pounding on the 
on the on all the newbies and just yeah. sc- screaming at them. And unfortunately, um, Jerry had a I believe he had a stroke. Yes. Um, around that time, and so he was no longer handling the beginner. So it was Duke Dalton was the first guy who brought me in the ring, and I was the only new student on that day. And I was the I think I was the only one in the ring with him. So how many were at the class total? Um, I think there were quite a few doing like other drills in the other. There was it was a pretty full house at that point. Okay. I mean, the ones that I remember were Tony Omega, of course, Billy Kryptonite, um, who became Chad Dick in WWE for <laughs> five minutes, um, Jerry yes. Payne, who ultimately went on to manage me for you know ten plus years. Um, trying to think of some of the other people. Uh, John Walters, I'm, I'm sure, was there. I'm sure Aaron Stevens was there. Big Mike Studd. Uh, these are all guys who are in Chaotic. Uh, Vince Vicalo. So these are all guys that were actually probably on shows already at this point. Right, yeah. They were all coming to class regularly. They were coming to class. Usually those guys were Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then they wouldn't come on the weekends. Right, so you're walking into this building, which, by the way, on our Facebook page, uh, I shot a Facebook Live video a couple months ago at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, uh, which used to be the Chaotic Training Center, where Brian's talking about it. So if you want to see the layout of how this thing was, it's still set up the same way, so you can go on our Facebook, facebook.com slash the WPAN, to see actually the layout of the building. But you walked in there, and you were the only one who's brand new and all these other guys you've seen, you've gone to shows and watched them perform on shows, most of the time sitting in the front row. So did you feel uh, at all uncomfortable just walking into this uh, scenario? No, not really. No. Really? <laughs> I mean, you, I think you know me at least well enough at this point, Mike. I, I really don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I intimidate easy, you know, especially at that point, the way my attitude was. Right. Um, I just kind of acted like I belonged sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, like I said, I think I think you know me well enough to know I'm a pretty bold person in general. So I don't know. I it, it probably was just being you know a dink. I'm sure, and just thought like, yeah, I'm gonna go crush this. I'm gonna give you know be in WWE in like two months. You know? <laughs> 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 and uh, so, yeah, I think the first thing we did was tie up, which I don't remember much about. I'm sure he told me to loosen up or whatever. And then we kind of moved on to bumps pretty quickly. Yeah, and. That's where it all started falling apart for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even run the ropes or anything like that first? You just went right to the bumps? Yeah. Yeah. We locking up? The, yeah, we went to the bumps first. Or I think I'm pretty sure we tied up first and then we went right. to the bumps. And of course, like you're apprehensive at first because throwing yourself on the ground sounds ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it goes against like every instinct you have. Yeah. So, uh, of course, I start, you know, and I start getting a little more, like, aggressive with it, and I start just walloping my head, <laughs> like, just every time, not tucking my chin, just destroying my head. And after, you know, eight or ten bumps, I just, I start getting really, really, really dizzy, and, like, the room is spinning, and I have a headache, um, and I took a few more, and I just said, I have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and I get out of the ring, and I, I'm, I'm, and I don't even know if Dukes probably has no recollection because he started so many guys, and I was just having a complete panic attack and meltdown. Like I, I, I don't think I was like crying or anything like that, but I was definitely like hyperventilating a little bit, 
like because I, I I was in the bathroom, which is probably the worst thing to do because like God knows what could have happened. Like if something if I had really hurt myself bad and it just had gone and locked myself in the bathroom, that could have been a really bad situation. And not to mention I was nearly fucking five hundred pounds, so yeah, you know if I would have had like a heart attack or something. So these bumps, you were just uh, standing in the ring. Was it like you kind of getting down in the squat position? Yeah, holding the ropes, backwards? getting down in the squat position, and then throwing yourself back. Okay, um, you're holding on to the ropes. Yeah, people could picture that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so now like I, I'm I'm in, I'm in complete panic mode, and I'm just starting to like wonder. I'm like sweating and one like oh my god, I've made a mistake. I can't do this. Um, I wonder if they'll give me my money back. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, you could buy lots of cigarettes with that money. <laughs> yeah. So I was probably in the bathroom. I'm, uh, it felt like an eternity. It was in reality probably like 10 minutes. And I just splashed some cold water on my face and talked myself back into getting back in there. And yeah, I, remember, I, I remember telling myself, no, no, you gotta, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. Like, don't give right. up. Right. <laughs> um, you know, if, if, I mean, if there's, one thing I, if there's one thing I've had throughout my entire career is that I'm not a quitter. You know, I've never, I've never quit trying. I, I'm just not a quitter. Um, so I guess that was one good thing that, in spite of all my horrible qualities I had at that point, at least I had, um, at least I still had that going right. for me. Um, so we, I think I, I'm pretty sure we took a break from bumps and started hitting the ropes a little bit. And after that, I was pretty much done physically for the night. And the next day, obviously, it was just a bad day. I remember Duke's telling me, "You got to ice your neck. You got to ice your neck. You got to ice your neck." Naturally, I did not. Of course, um, ice my neck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did crush some cigarettes on the ride home. Though, I, can tell <laughs> I was you that. gonna ask with yeah. with certainty. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm sure I reeked like cigarettes, so they knew I I was a smoker. I'm sure, but I never after after like that initial panic attack in the bathroom. At least you know initially there were there were other times where like I I thought about like leaving the chaotic training center. But never again did I reconsider quitting wrestling after that. Even if I was clueless, I was pretty determined to to try to do something, you know, in professional wrestling. Um, as rough as rough as that first uh, as rough as that first go around really was. So there was never a question that you were going back the next class. No, none. Um, yeah, like I said, I just had that initial. You know, like I said, a lot of it was because I was dizzy and just, I never, I never again questioned whether I was going to go back for more. Well, Brian, I think maybe another day we could talk about uh, that other stuff, like what caused that switch for you to finally get your head on straight. But um, before we are done with this here, talking about your first day training, what would you say to people who haven't taken that step, that want to take that step to become a professional wrestler, to step into a wrestling academy for the first time and start training? Don't. No. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm kidding. I, I think um, always pursue your dreams, um, no matter how silly they may seem, no matter how sensical, no matter how far-fetched, no matter the odds, always pursue your dreams. Um, be prepared, though. Prepare yourself better than I, uh, than I certainly did. I, I, if I had been more prepared going in, I, I don't know that ultimately I'd be in a different spot today. 
than I am, but you know, I, I might have gotten to other places a little sooner. So you're not you're not uh, recommending people go in completely ignorant like you did. No, no, educate <laughs> okay. yourself. You know, be in good be in good shape. Have a good attitude. Be humble. Be coachable. Um, all those you know, all those good things. All those things that should that should be common sense that really aren't. I guess that all the things I have no tolerance for at this at this particular juncture in my life. <laughs> um, right. Always pursue your dreams. That's one thing I've never made. I haven't made it to WWE, and I've just started to do things on TV with Ring of Honor. But one thing I think um, my my dad was always proud of with me was the fact that I pursued my dream, and and I would get down at times, um, and just really down on myself because things weren't going right. And and he was always there to remind me that I kind of already have won just by the fact that I took a risk and decide to pursue my dream because not everybody does that or gets to do that or, or dares to do that. So no matter what your dream is, do it. You, you, you know, not to get all philosophical, but you get one go around at this. And uh, I never wanted to, uh, even at that age, even with all the shit that was in my head at 19 or 20 years old, I never wanted to look back at my life later on and be like, oh man, I wish I would have I wish I would have really given that a chance. I wish I would have tried that uh, because once time passes you by, it's too late. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're, you know, when when you're in your 40s or 50s, or and you, and you didn't do those things you wanted to do when you were younger, it's too late at that point. So uh, you know, I, I say, don't wait. If you want a career in pro wrestling or if you want a career at anything, just go out and do it. That's the only way things are going to happen for you, one way or the other. And at least then uh, you'll know. Obviously, really happy to talk about this here today, about your first day training. I think this would be a nice series, perhaps, to talk more about... Uh, so then my, sec- know, my second day of training, my third yes. day of training. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It'll be on every, the poll every single week until it, uh, until it happens for us. But uh, I know we talked about... Uh, I mean, we're just about to get into Merv Griffin time here, but we talked about this past week. Uh, if people want to hear about us, uh, our stories about trying to make it in professional wrestling, trying to make it to the big time, as they say. Uh, and we did get some good feedback from guys like Steven and Glenn Abbott and Randall Keough. They want to hear us talk about that. So, I mean, that's part of this whole thing. I mean, we're talking about your first day, but part of the, your whole journey is the path to wrestling greatness. Yeah. And hopefully <laughs> uh, we will talk about that very soon. It sounds like people want to hear it. So I think, I think the, the journey the journey is always more interesting than the destination. Right. With, with these types of things, typically. Yeah. Um, it's like with anything. It's like, uh, I mean, using an analogy, sports analogy, it's the Chicago Cubs or, or the Red Sox when they broke their curse, you know, going for the <laughs> for the World Series, you know, trying to win the World Series, and then they win it, and you're like, oh, shit, what's next? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like that sort of uh, feeling. Um, and, you, and you actually see that a lot. Guys get to uh, WWE, and they kind of get that feeling of, all right, I've made it. And then (laughs) six months, a year later, they were back on the indies because they got there and they had that mentality of, all right, I've made it. The guys that are there and being successful didn't have that mentality. They had the keep grinding mentality. And I I won't speak for him, but what I can say about a guy like Kofi is I know he's never been satisfied and and look at how long it took him to get to the point he's at. Um, and you don't get that way by being complacent and saying, Hey, I made it. You know what I mean? You, uh, you keep working, you keep grinding. And those are the type of people who are ultimately, even when they get to that level and get that first contract, the ones that make it and and keep making it and keep getting over and keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger are the guys that just keep grinding on a day-to-day basis. 
So I think that's probably going to be coming very soon on the New Age Insiders Network, that podcast, uh, trying to make it. And uh, speaking of the NAI Network, uh, if you missed this past Monday's episode about ECW, our thoughts on Extreme Championship Wrestling. Mike's burial of ECW. <laughs> if you missed any of our Monday episodes, uh, check us out, the NAI Network. All you have to do, just search WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. You'll see this feed and also the NAI Network feed. So subscribe there and start your week with our original WPAN podcast and enjoy all the other shows on the network. All right, Brian, as I mentioned, it is Merv Griffin time, named for Brian's favorite episode of our favorite show, of course, Seinfeld. Uh, We're doing the voicemails over on the NAI network every week, and of course, we had a contest for the best voicemail, and there was a little controversy because of our friend uh, Scotty Slade. Let's lay this all down on Scotty. Why not, right? (laughs) I blame most things on Scotty. Yes. So we had two finalists, Randall Keough and Steven, Guy 2004 So we've decided, since the Scotty thing didn't work out, we've decided we're giving them both t-shirts. The humanitarians, the, the good sports that we are, right? Is that what we are? I think it's more just uh, you didn't want to be alone and having a pony up this time, so <laughs> now you made me pony up again, and uh, now it's, I'm still ahead. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, thank <laughs> did you, you order it yet? Did you did you order yes, Randall's I did. t-shirt? Yes, I did. Randall's t-shirt is your on credit the way. card went through, or did you have to get use the wife's? No, it did go through. It did go through. It cleared. So thank goodness. Maxed out now. (laughs) (laughs) So Stephen and Randall, your t-shirts are on the way. And thank you to everyone who participated. We had a contestant from overseas, from the UK, Maddie Wilson. Thank you very much. We had a bunch of guys from all over the United States. We really appreciate it. The contest may be over. But we're still taking voicemails all the time, so get yours in. We will play it on the show. Call 401-584-9726. That is 401-584-WPAN. We're loving the voicemails. Even though we're not bribing you anymore, please continue to call. Please continue to contribute. We love hearing from you right here on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. And the way to participate here on Merv Griffin Time is through Twitter using our hashtag W-P-A-N. TK, the executive producer at T-Hog94, says, I'm waiting for at Brian Malonis to turn the tables on at Crocsox and make him do a special edition of the Dirt Sheet Shuffle. <laughs> that will never happen because of all the hours of preparation that takes. Brian will not take the time to do that. What, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say I don't prepare? Maybe. <laughs> You're a real piece of shit. <laughs> we call you Winget Malonis. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I have a, I have slightly more responsibilities in my in my life. I don't have all the leisure time that uh, <laughs> you know a, a man with no children such as yourself has. Oh boy! All right, all right. Let's move on to no, no children and no bookings. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Steven at HHH Guy 2004, the co winner of the voicemail contest. Before he listened to our worst WCW gimmick show, he said, This should be on your list if it's not that sad. And it was the picture of Mike Awesome as the fat chick thriller. 
It was Mike Crockett's shoot gimmick for her. No, 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 But we did mention that on this show, Stephen, so thank you very much. And we mentioned this on Monday on the New Age Insiders Network. Randall Keogh, at Randall Keogh, just a huge list of some terrible gimmicks. Let's see if I can run through these real quick without stumbling. <laughs> the Guardian Angel, Norman the Lunatic, Cobra, the Black Scorpion, Shockmaster, Super Shockmaster, Firebreaker Chip, Dynamic Dudes, GI Bro, Misfits in Action, the Ding Dongs, the Hunchbacks. The Hunchbacks never did it. He said it was in parentheses, it was an idea. This never made the air, the Hunchbacks. But it was, what, was uh, the, what was the president of WCW at the time? Who came uh, up Jim Hurd? Was that Jim Hurd? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I think so. G.I. Bro, that's that's a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with you even saying it. <laughs> uh, kind of along those lines, actually, they, they touched upon on the Tony Schiavone podcast this week, was the introductory gimmick of Harlem Heat. With yes. Colonel Rob Parker. Colonel Rob Parker, and he's ringing them out on chains and kind of the connotation of what that was implying and just, uh, that that might have been something we should have touched upon. Well, I, did that make the air? I know they uh, taped, I know they taped them doing that on TV taping, but I'm not sure that that made the air. Ooh, I don't know. The fact that they even did it and, and they had to nix it, like, oh, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Randall also has a correction here. He says the butcher was from the Three Faces of Fear, not the Dungeon of Doom. Of course, we uh, got deep. We took a deep dive into the Dungeon of Doom for last week's uh, BDA bonus podcast. With the yeah, you were so quick to bury the Dungeon of Doom that you that you you gave them this. So I think you owe. Um kevin sullivan an apology oh <laughs> i'm sorry mr sullivan i'm sorry taskmaster uh, i apologize to you a thousand times <laughs> carlos at real carlos O. it's the real carlos O. yes the real carlos O. not the former producer of our show but uh real carlos O. <laughs> the ding dongs he says whoever came up with that needs to get slapped i'm not sure who did i'm sure we could find out and slap him slap the ding dongs yes um, get it, Mike. Get it. Oh my God, Lone Wolf Greg Myron. He is at Lone Wolf G A M. He says the Kiss Demon, Wildcat Willie, Hobo Cop, which is either a typo or it's a joke here. He's, and he also says Epcot Center Spicy, which I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe get means. back with us, uh, Greg. <laughs> Let us know what you're, what you're getting at here. Um, I'm not getting the joke. I apologize. Uh, at Mile High Laz, he says the Ding Dongs and Oz. Of course, we didn't mention the Ding Dongs, but of course, Oz, I think, was your number one pick in terms of bad WCW gimmicks. Tony S., at Referee Tony S. from the Check of the Boots podcast, he says, I'll add a pair of Ding Dongs and raise you an Arachnaman. <laughs> yeah, Arachnaman. A pair of ding-dongs, huh? <laughs> of course. Uh, Arachnaman, uh, yeah, was a ripoff of Spider-Man done by Brad Armstrong, uh, except he was in yellow and purple instead of the blue and red. And I think Marvel Comics actually came after them for the gimmick, so it didn't uh, last that long. But uh, thank you, Referee Tony S. Of course, check in the Boots podcast with Referee Tony S. and Chip K. Fabe. Uh, they do it every Sunday. Look for Check in the Boots wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Pod Knife, Brian, at Pod Knife on Twitter. It's a new website, uh, a podcast directory, and they just added the wrestling podcast about nothing. 
You guys can rate and review us on Podknife if you wish. Podknife.com to find the wrestling podcast about nothing. Just search us and you can rate and review us over there on Podknife. And of course, rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would really appreciate that. Uh, let me see here. BM Punk at Brandon Mack NAI says, love this week's episode about ECW. You guys always do good work and we thank you very much, Brandon, for listening. Really appreciate the feedback. And Tony S. back again, Brian, at referee Tony S. He says, maybe I should change the cadence of my count to an ECW referee. What do you think? <laughs> we did talk about uh, my, Please, no. <laughs> my uh, not disdain, but I, uh, my, I didn't really care for the way the ECW referees were treated, the way the ECW referees counted. Uh, they're, they're very quick counts. I really didn't think that that uh, helped with the drama of wrestling match at all. But uh, yeah, you didn't really have much good to say about ECW at all, buddy. But you made some good points, though. You you really uh, opened up my eyes. I was thinking the in-ring stuff. You were thinking about all the guys that they helped along the way. There was a lot of good there in ECW. I don't. I didn't mean to kind of whitewash it with uh, my negativity. So. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You said it had a net negative impact on the wrestling industry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what was in my heart, Brian. That was, it was in my heart uh, after seeing you know, what became of the industry after ECW. Mike Mills at Mike504Saints. Brian, your buddy from Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. He says, oh, what it would have done to have been a witness to New Jack scaring the literal shit out of Crockett. <laughs> there was no literal shit <laughs> there was no shit uh, there was no shit around brian there's no shit mike mills in my pants there's no shit anywhere it was just that's not what i that's not what i heard <laughs> there was just new jack uh talking about heroin and me just being uncomfortable that's all it was you were you uncomfortable because your pants were full of shit <laughs> no no a thousand times no uh, <laughs> check out the ECW show we did this past Monday. So, so you're saying you're quite comfortable when you're sitting in shit? My God, my God! This is like the uh, the whole thing of me being blown up for my match. It just it just keeps building up, and people believe it. No, no, no! It, it never happened. It never happened. Never at all. Okay, listen to Booking the Territory. They do two podcasts a week on Sundays. It's a Smoky Mountain Wrestling Show. On Thursdays, they do NWA World Championship Wrestling, the Saturday 605 show. Check them out Monday and Thursday on the Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling podcast feed. And thank you very much, Mike Mills, for your support. John Morris, speaking of support, my best friend, at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N. He's talking about you needing a tag team partner, Brian, for Chaotic Wrestling. And yes. he says, Brian doesn't need anyone, but I'm sure Croc Socks can help him out. Yeah, yeah I, I got us booked, Crockett. When? April 28th. Busy. Uh, well, yeah, you're, you're busy. You're going to have your first wrestling match. I'm busy. Yeah, you're busy having your first wrestling match. We're going to go win the tag team championships. I've had dreams before about like all of a sudden I'm booked in a wrestling match and I'm <laughs> frightened to death. Sh shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that wouldn't be a good thing for me. I, I really can't make it, Brian. I hope you find an adequate replacement, a suitable replacement. You know, I'm just going to stop asking you to do things, Mike, and I'm gonna, just going to go straight to the person in charge of you, and that's, that's your lovely wife. I'm just going to ask her if you can uh, start... 
start hanging out and doing these things. And she'll certainly say no. (laughs) (laughs) At Martin Howell 71, our friend Marty Howell, he says, podcast shout outs. Among my favorites include at BTT underscore podcast. That's booking the territory at OVP podcast. That's our vantage point podcast and at the WPAN as well as the King and Jerry Lawler also. So the King he's referring to is Kenny Bolin. And also, Jerry Lawler has a podcast now, so he's listening to that, too. Uh, We appreciate it, Marty. We're in a good company there. Thank you very much for checking us out. And uh, we really appreciate the support of everyone. Mondays on the NAI Network, here Thursdays on BDA Radio and the Podcast Radio Network. Uh, And I hope you continue to support us. We're just about to enter year two, Brian, of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Yes. Yes. All right. So thank you to everyone who's a part of Merv Griffin time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter and we'll bring you the best of it next week on the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com. Okay, big guy. On this BDA bonus podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. I think back to the immortal words of one Tarzan Taylor. He said, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So, Kingpin, with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Well, let's show the tank. Watch here. this. Come on. Okay. Okay, I got a couple of real Alabamians right here. And what's your name? James Deasy. James what? Deasy. James Deasy. He's an orthodontist dream. And this is James' son, Eugene. How you doing, Eugene? Pretty good. Pretty good, huh? Hey, James, how many cars you got parked in your front yard? Uh, two. Two? And this is your son right here, huh? I got a question for you, James. If you and your wife were to get divorced, would, they, would you still be brother and sister? That's a tough one, isn't it? These are real Alabamians. (laughs) What do you think, huh? They're from Mobile, Alabama. Once the dinosaur dreams, you're hideous. Yes, I'm not sure you can hear that. There's music playing in the background. Bret Hart's music, actually. But uh, Jerry the King Lawler, my friend. We just mentioned him. His podcast is brand new. He is now a member, his most prestigious honor of all time. He is now a member of the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. And I'm just wondering, what, what what's the context of this video being shown <laughs> on Monday Night Raw? I have no clue. <laughs> just like, for the sole purpose of humiliating these two people. <laughs> and making an incest joke. Yes. <laughs> and their orthodontist dream, apparently. You had to say that a couple times. <laughs> Well, answer the question, Mike. Do you think if uh, him and his wife got divorced, they'd still be brother and sister? I I won't dignify that with a response. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And it's (laughs) it's south-on-south crime. Mike Mills is probably aghast right now. A southerner just uh, making fun of another southerner. Stealing Andy Kaufman's material. (laughs) Yes. This is a bar of soap. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, Jerry Lawler as a heel always had one of the great laughs in professional wrestling. I, I agree. One of the great punches in professional wrestling too. 
Well, yeah, so we're not going to do a uh, a heel punch Hall of Fame, but uh, what about uh, what about a handful of nothing Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> the whole Memphis special. Uh, no, <laughs> no heel punch Hall of Fame, but uh, I hope being in the heel laugh Hall of Fame will be enough. And check out this Hall of Famer in all his glory. Find the link to the video in the description of this episode. Or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. Okay, Brian, before we get out of here, you're packing your bags. You're about to hit those highways. You're about to hit those byways. This weekend, doing the professional wrestling thing, where are you headed? Saturday night, Mike. I'm headed to lovely Bridgewater, Massachusetts for Top Rope Promotions. Uh, I will be performing on a live event that will also feature the Boogeyman and uh, Road Warrior (sighs) Animal. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Now you get to uh, speak to the Boogeyman about uh, his worm situation. Maybe, maybe. Uh, hey, Mike. Maybe I'll maybe I'll hunt him up. See if he'll he'll he's willing to be a guest on the wrestling podcast about nothing sometime, huh? Yeah, well, I mean that's a well that might be a future uh, heel laugh Hall of Famer if, if I really think <laughs> about it. I don't know if I'm spoiling something coming up. Hopefully, here. hopefully he hopefully he remembers me. I'm sure he will. Uh, we had an outstanding match together, so I'm looking forward to seeing those guys. And you should come out and see them too in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Like I said, I'll be on the uh, the show myself. I'll be taking on Nico Silva who's a young up-and-comer for Top Row Promotions. Looks like a million bucks, Mike. And you know there's nothing I like doing better than just holding down young talent. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing that on Saturday night. So find Top Row Promotions on Facebook and Twitter. And then also uh, you can buy tickets on brownpapertickets.com. And you can go to whatamaneuver.net and find Brian Malonis's brand-new T-shirt, the Kingpin propaganda t-shirt, the immovable force, and the, no, the, the immovable force, the irresistible force, and the immovable object, the official propaganda t-shirt of the Kingpin on whatamaneuver.net. And to book the Kingpin, you can email him, brianmalonis at comcast.net. You can DM him on Twitter at brianmalonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing, and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with our friends Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr. Head over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. Okay, we will be back next Monday with episode 53 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. Then you can catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. Until then, he is the kinkpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko and thanks for nothing. Nothing.